Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 13 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. I'm coming off a long weekend road trip up to Bismarck, North Dakota to see my family and my new niece. It's about an eight and a half hour drive one way, so I'm dragging a little bit from the car and the travel, but no worries. We still got the content you are here looking for. I know this episode has been mostly anticipated for the updated high school soccer rankings um, because there have been some big games the last two weeks already and games that have had impact on the rankings. Some teams have moved in, some teams have moved out, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. But don't forget, also in this episode, I'm going to briefly talk about New Union Omaha signings as well as what's coming up for them in the uh, near future. Um, and then there's also going to be new there's also new additions to Sporting Nebraska's UWS team as well as Gretna Elite Academy's UD, UWS team. So let's get after it. Before we get into the episode, I would like to thank this week's supporters of Nebraska Soccer Talk. Thank you to Marty Salcedo, Shane Petrick, Thomas Chapman, Austin Obermeyer, and Dylan Bierman for your generous support of Nebraska Soccer Talk. As a reminder, when you support Nebraska Soccer Talk, you receive additional and exclusive content via email. You will receive early access to rankings as well as exclusive content like game notes and special interest stories. To support Nebraska Soccer Talk, you can become a one-time supporter at www.venmo.com slash Nebraska underscore talk, or you can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. The links will also be posted in the show notes. Remember, if you donate via Venmo, include your email or send it to me in a Twitter direct message so that I can add you to the exclusive and early content list from Nebraska Soccer Talk. I also want to take this moment to give a special thank you to our main sponsor, Fleet Feet, and owner, Lori Bohr. With the support of Fleet Feet, we have been able to bring you all more and better content, including some of the graphics that Jack's been making, and we will continue to do so. If you know of someone who could benefit from or and or would be interested in advertising, have them reach out to us at Nebraska Soccer Talk. We are always looking for new sponsors. We have two new sponsors close to coming on board, and we are very thankful for them, and I'm excited to be able to announce those partnerships soon. This segment comes from last week's Games of the Week. In this section, you'll hear my quick post-game interview from Brian at Gretna, as well as my short breakdown of each game. I wasn't able to get an interview after Marion and Millard North. The the rain was just too miserable, and I was kind of worried that my phone would get wrecked if I had to stand out in the rain um, for interviews. But first, let's hear from Brian head coach Daniel Vasquez, as well as senior Kevin Santos. I'm with the head coach uh, for Brian off of a big, big win. Uh, over Gretna, kind of getting some revenge from last year. Uh, talk about uh, how proud of you are. Uh, how proud are you of your team uh, to come out and score two goals against the wind? That's, that's that's something big. Talks about our character. I mean, we were hoping to get them done in the first in the first half when we had the win. Uh, so we were kind of disappointed there. But the boys, we saw that they were warming up towards the end of the first half, uh, and we saw what, we're trying to build the base of that. And, and obviously. We were kept fighting, we kept in the game, we kept winning the balls, and we were able to get a uh, breakaway, score the first one. And then Luis, our striker, who's been working extremely hard, and, and he's, over the games, he's progressed. The first game, he fell back because he couldn't get, uh, you know, anything going. Second game, he got six shots on target against Elkhorn South. Uh, and now, 
we thought he was going to top the Elkham South with one goal. Uh, but he came into it tonight, which is big, big for us. Really he scored good. an absolute. Oh, I know. Gravona cracker. I know. What a cracker. I love it. So, um, how do you feel about the season going far? We keep walking this way. Yeah. Uh, I how's, mean, how's the season going so far for you? And, and what do you want? What do you want to get from it for the rest of the way out of here? I mean, uh, Kevin can explain it. How you know how we felt uh, uh, last year, uh, and we kind of had a win over Northwest, which meant a lot to us. And then our uh, the upset of Elkhorn South on us. Uh, that kind of felt a little like we were taking a step back, uh, but this guy's Kevin. Yeah. Uh, all these seniors kind of stuck together and said, "Hey, we've been here before. Uh, let's learn faster. Let's get out. Of, let's get uh, out of this rut quicker." Kevin, so how does it feel to come back to this field and and get a win after a tough loss last year? And, and what was probably the best district game last year? You guys matched it tonight. Yeah, it was a great game uh, last year for the district final. Um, I feel like. Uh, towards the, in the beginning of the first half, we were slacking it up, but towards the end, we started picking it up. Uh, feels great coming back. Where does the you guys played with a ton of heart? You guys played with a ton of heart. Is that something that's just a part of, part of the training, a part of the culture? Or where does that come from from your team? Every game, every practice, this is how we play. Um, in our culture, that's just that's just how we do it. Well, uh, it was very fun to watch, even in the in the blistering cold. Uh, congratulations, good luck with the rest of your season, and we'll see you guys down the road. Thank you. First of all, I am sorry about the wind. Also, Kevin Santos was very soft-spoken, obviously, so it was hard to hear him. But off the air, he was a great kid, and he is a great kid, and I know how proud he was of his teammates for their achievement against Gretna. As you can tell, the wind was crazy that evening, as was the cold. If anyone has advice on how to conduct on-field interviews without the ridiculousness of the wind getting in the way, let me know. That aside, the Gretna Bryan game was an absolute classic and the weather was absolutely miserable. To be honest, I hope we get to see these teams square off in the Metro tournament or in districts again. And I hope the weather is better because both of these teams are talented teams. I would say that Gretna has one of the most talented group of front six players that I've seen in person. They also have a solid backline and goalkeeper. They will need to be cleaner in front of goal though and take their chances and they need to be better on set pieces if they're going to want to be state champions. I do also want to give credit to the winners, Brian. They played with a lot of heart and a lot of spirit. I thought they were very clean on the ball. I do think that the weather and their fatigue definitely took away from some of their attacking ideas. They started kicking it long, especially at times when they felt under pressure from Gretna. At the end of the day, they scored two goals against a solid Gretna team, and they were also going into an unforgiving wind. Despite the weather, I was really lucky to witness an absolute golazo by Luis Meja to cap a really competitive game. Mayo was also our player of the match. The night before, in slightly less miserable conditions, but still not great, considering all the rain, I got to watch Marion and Miller North in Class A girls action. Our player of the match in that game was Mallory Keneally. She was a standout player in the attack for Marion. It seemed like every attack started with her or ended with her. She scored a great goal, as did Hannah Tate. Tate scored Marion second with a header off a corner. Marion was solid in the back as they had been have been early this season. I think Marion with Keneally, Tate, Prososki, and Gonzalez have a really solid spine, which is what I said in the preview. And with the support around those star players, they look primed to make a real push for the state title. Millard North didn't create a ton going forward, and, and that was something we talked about in the preview as well. I thought that would be a problem for them uh, against the top teams this season. However, they showed great organization and fight as a team, even considering how much, uh, like, they're considerably less experienced and younger than than Marion. Um, I think Miller North will be competitive in every game this year, and they, that may get them to Morrison. Right now, I'm still sticking with my original thoughts that 
they don't have enough of a goal scoring threat yet to be up there with the likes of the Gretna's, Lincoln East, and Marion's. This isn't a bad thing necessarily, as I do think Millard North's youth will absolutely come through for them in a year or two. Um, and they'll be making a bigger impact further up the rankings and in the state. Every game of the week I've been to has been very good, and I look forward to more upcoming this week and in weeks to come. Stay tuned after the rankings if you want to know what games we will be at this week. This week's Nebraska Soccer Talk Top 10 Rankings are brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet is a local, family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work, to those who go on leisurely walks, to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. Now what you have all been waiting for, an update to the Nebraska Soccer Talk Top 10 Rankings, which we have posted on social media already, but we're going to get into a little bit more analysis and breakdown of them. Before we get into it, a couple disclaimers. These rankings are meant to be for entertainment purposes only, and you know what they have also become is for motivational purposes for some programs and players as well. And that's great. Prove me wrong. I have no problem admitting I am wrong during points this season, And when we get to the end of the season, I can definitely go and recap where I made mistakes. I also don't have any ties or favoritism when it comes to schools. I'm originally from North Dakota. And since my time in Nebraska, I recruited kids from all soccer clubs and all high schools. I love the soccer community here and want to keep it entertaining. If the worst thing I do is underrate a team and they end up proving me wrong, I feel like that is a win for everyone, except me, obviously. Our adjustments to the rankings were based on feedback we received, games we were able to watch, and teams' performances and records. Rankings aren't going to change drastically a lot of times because one bad week might not be indicative of a team's overall ability or their eventual spot at the end of the year. Part of the reason we do rankings every two weeks is to try and get a better lay of the land on all teams, which means the next round of rankings will come out on April 10th. It's a very competitive year with a lot more parity than usual, which has made the rankings harder earlier in the season. This is especially true with Class A boys. But let's get into this week's rankings. We will start with the Class B girls first. Despite the loss to Class A number one Gretna, I am going to keep Scut Girls Soccer as our number one team in Class B. They pushed arguably the best team in the state to overtime and have not missed a beat before or after that game. They're still the number one team in Class B for me. Again, despite a loss to a Class A opponent, we're going to keep Norris Girls Soccer at number two. They had dominating performances over Seward and Beatrice, and a tough win on the road at Bennington. Their next run of games against Elkhorn, Waverly, and Roncalli will be very telling for where they're going to end up in the future. Our first change comes at the number three spot, where we have the Duchenne Cardinals. They were ranked number five in the last Nebraska Soccer Talk rankings, and since then they have won four games, including two over Class A opponents. Their only loss coming at Scutt, where they hung with the Skyhawks, only losing 2-0 which is saying something with how good Scott has been this year and last year. Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Centrals does stay at four this week. Things didn't look good for LLRC after the opening day loss to Platteview, which admittedly is still not a very good loss for them, but they have since reeled off three straight wins and should be carrying a five-game win streak into their April 5th game with Columbus SCOTUS. LLRC stays put for now, and we will have a better idea of them in the weeks to come. 
Dropping two spots is Columbus Scotus. Scotus is one and two with losses to Class A Columbus, which was close in overtime, and Class B Elkhorn. Even with a losing record early in the season, I don't think dropping the Shamrocks further than fifth would be a fair move at this point. I do think the upcoming week's matchup versus Blair is pivotal, as is their April 5th match versus LLRC. Moving up into the sixth spot is unbeaten Elkhorn North. They were seventh last week. The Wolves are 2-0 with wins over Waverly and Ron Colley. They do have a very tough run of games coming up with Blair, the rivalry game with Elkhorn, Duchenne, and Bennington. Depending on the results in these games, we could see Elkhorn push themselves even further up the rankings. They do have a lot of control of their own destiny for the rankings at this point, because if they do, don't do do well in those games, some of those teams will start coming up and jumping them. This is where it gets interesting. Our remaining teams from our preseason rankings, Lexington, Mercy, Roncalli, and Scotts Bluff, have all had interesting starts to the season, while some unranked teams and teams to watch like Waverly, Blair, Elkhorn, Hastings, and Bennington have all had solid starts to the season. So in at the seventh spot, I have the team making the biggest jump, and that is the Waverly Vikings, who have had success both on the girls' and the boys' side. We'll get to the boys in a little bit. The Vikings' girls beat Seward, Omaha Gross, and Blair before narrowly falling to Elkhorn North. So far, the Vikings have got have mostly gotten it done, and they have a real opportunity to be carrying a 5-1 and record into their matchup versus Norris on April 4th. That's a huge matchup for Waverly. The Vikings weren't on my watch list, but that was on me, and I'm putting a lot of expectations on them now. In at the number eight spot, I have Blair. I, I think I also maybe discounted Blair a little bit with the with the departure of Kira Chaffee. Um, Blair has made the jump from team to watch to ranked with their solid start. Then a narrow loss to Waverly, but they've had solid wins over both Mercy and Platteview. Blair could make even greater strides in the coming week as they take on Elkhorn North, Concordia, and Columbus Scotus. There is a change in the number nine spot as the Bennington girls make an appearance. I probably made an error in not having Bennington higher in the initial rankings. Um, they are three and two and, and have been successful. Uh, and even in their losses, they've, they've been proven to be a good team. Obviously, they had a pretty big loss to Scut, um, but they just barely lost to Norris. So th- they're in good hands. And I think that they're going to be uh, a pretty healthy, have a pretty healthy ranking here going forward. Um, my number 10 spot might be a little controversial because there are definitely some solid teams who have, who have been dropped out of the rankings or not put into the rankings, who we, who we will get to in a second. Scott's Bluff does stay at our number 10 this week. They are 1-0 against an out-of-state opponent, Sterling, Colorado, which admittedly not a very good Colorado opponent. Um, and, and similar uh, maybe to some other teams, they don't deserve to be higher even though they're 1-0. Um, but you can't, I can't realistically punish the Bearcats for playing one game, being undefeated, and getting booted from the rankings because no one has done that much better to knock them out. This is a prove-it week for the Bearcats, though. They have games against Class A North Platte and Class B Team to Watch Northwest. As far as teams to watch go, I have Lexington, Aurora, Northwest, Hastings, Elkhorn, and Mercy. Obviously, clearly a ton of Class B girls teams in the mix. Um, Mercy, Lexington, and Ron Colley are three teams that have dropped from the top ten. Mercy has had a rough start going two and three. I don't think they are the Monarchs of last year, but we kind of expected that. We said that in the preview. Uh, Ron Colley is in a similar boat. Um, they just aren't the same as last year, I don't think. They they, they can still score goals, um, but they, they're just not going to score them at the, the degree they need to. Uh, Lexington probably started the season ranked too high. That's on me. Um, their drop may seem dramatic. Uh, they haven't done enough to impress yet, um, and their loss to Hastings was not a good one, but there's still obviously time for the Lexington girls to turn that around, especially with their upcoming schedule. Elkhorn was a surprise for me, um, kind of like Bennington. Um, they were a tough, 
but this uh, Elkhorn was a tough team to leave out of the top 10. They're three and zero. They had a great win over SCOTUS. Um, their next four games against Bennington, Norris, Elkhorn, North, and Waverly will give us a better idea of who they are. They do well in those games. They're going to be in the, they're more than likely going to be in the top 10. Aurora and Hastings are in a similar boat to me as well. Aurora at three and one and Hastings at three and zero have had solid starts to the season. No denying that. Um, I just need to see them against more quality opponents. Uh, the only truly quality win the two teams have combined is Hastings win over Lexington. Finally, there is Northwest at 1-0. I just generally need to see more. One game is too hard to make a, an assumption off of. Um, just like I couldn't move Scott's Bluff out of their spot, I can't move Northwest really anywhere um, because it's just tough to judge on one game. Uh, so there you have it. Our rankings for Class B girls are Scott in at 1, Norris 2, Duchenne 3, Lincoln Lutheran, Raymond Central 4, SCOTUS 5, Elkhorn North 6, Waverly 7, Blair 8, Bennington 9, and Scott's Bluff 10, with teams to watch that include a large group, including Mercy, Ron Colley, Lexington, Hastings, Aurora, Elkhorn, and Northwest. So it's a good start to the Class B girls season. A quick transition, and then we are going to talk Class B boys soccer. Class B boys soccer was tough for different reasons, and I think it's fair to say that we have a deservedly have a new number one. The Lexington boys soccer team are our number one team in Class B currently, moving up from number two. They're, while the record of three and two doesn't seem super impressive, two of their three wins come against top Class B squads in Scut and South Sioux City, and their losses are to undefeated and surging Class A Papillion La Vista South and top five Class A Westside. Lexington looked a quality side in the West Side game and competed right alongside the Warriors. I don't really see another loss on Lexington's schedule this year, but that doesn't necessarily mean they will stay in the number one spot. Our number two team is Scut. Honestly, Scut and Lexington could be 1A and 1B, and the only reason Lex- Lexington gets the nod over the Skyhawks is because of the head-to-head result, which is fair. Scut pushed Class A Gretna and Creighton Prep all the way. The Skyhawks are clearly a talented team, and they're going and they're playing a difficult schedule and have already played a difficult schedule. Just because they aren't number one now doesn't mean they can't jump to that spot in the future with some results against the teams they have on their current schedule. Our number three team is unbeaten, 7-0 Bennington. Badger fans will probably want themselves at number one, but not just yet. They are on a good run, and a look at their schedule says they should be able to continue this good run. Bennington can continue what they're doing through the regular season and Scudder Lexington have any more slip-ups, the Badgers will move up into the top two. I look forward to seeing them in person here in a couple weeks. Our second change this week comes in at our number four spot. The Grand Island Northwest Vikings move up a spot to number four after a dominating 2-0 start. This may be a controversial take for the Vikings, um, but so far they have proven to be a top and strong team. They have upcoming tests against Scott's Bluff and SCOTUS in the next two weeks, and that will give us a better idea of where the Vikings truly stand in the state in Class B boys soccer. Speaking of SCOTUS, they fall in at the number five spot. Similar to the girls program, I'm not ready to drop the Shamrocks down too far just yet. They have had two big losses to Class A Columbus and Class A Bryan, both talented teams, uh, but I still think they have a quality team who will be there at the end of the season. They have an important home game against Blair this week, and a win will really help them get back on track. In at the number six spot is South Sioux City. 
Yes, the Cardinals have yet to register a win yet this season, but they have only played two games against two of the best teams in the state in Lexington and Omaha South, and they hung with Lexington. Uh, they were they were also scheduled to play Scut, so that would have been just a ridiculous opening three games, but the weather had other ideas, so the Scut game, I, can't, I don't know if it got postponed or canceled, but it, they didn't play it. The Cardinals have a brutal schedule, and similar to, similar to last year, it's going to be hard to rank them, but we will keep them at six for now. I think I, I'm kind of gun-shy of moving them because I learned my lesson last year. Um, our biggest move in uh, mover in this round of rankings is Waverly Boys Soccer. Similar to the girls' side, they've had a, a good start. They take our seventh spot. Um, they're they're sitting great. They uh, are at 5-0 and with wins over Elkhorn North and Blair. The EMC tournament aside, the schedule is really lining up for Waverly to make a run. So, like, taking the, their EMC record out of it, like their tournament record, they could realistically be carrying a regular season record undefeated into a game against Bennington all the way on April 26th. Still a long way to go, but that could be an absolute classic showdown. Behind Waverly is the number eighth ranked Elk team, Elkhorn North. They just lost to Waverly this last week, um, which they are going to hope is a small hiccup in their journey to Morrison. The Wolves have Blair, Elkhorn, and Mount Michael coming up before a big meeting with the Bennington Badgers. The Wolves have a lot of promise still, and they they will more than likely have a chance at Waverly, Waverly again in the EMC District Tournament. Due to Waverly's jump into the rankings, this bumps Ralston down to the ninth position despite a positive 3-0 start. Ralston's strength of schedule is really lacking, though, and they could and should really look to end this year with a very good record. The Rams may not like their ranking right now, but I expect them to make moves as they continue to stack up wins. Their biggest game coming up looks like it's going to be against Blair on April 7th. Finally, speaking of, we have Blair moving into the rankings to round out the top 10. Blair has a quality win over the Platte, as well as a win over Class A Omaha North. They have a tough pair of matches this week against ranked Elkhorn North and SCOTUS. Blair will also have to fight hard to keep these spots, the spots, the spot as they will have some other teams in the teams to watch breathing down their necks. Uh, my teams to watch are Beatrice, Mount Michael, the Platte, and Nebraska City. Mount Michael and Beatrice were top tens last season, and they were, and honestly, they were given the preseason ranking out of respect. But so far, the teams have combined for a one and seven record. I know, I know, Mount Michael especially has had a pretty tough starting uh, schedule. But I don't think either of the two teams uh, are what they were last year, at least from what they've shown early this season. Um, and so we're going to keep them in teams to watch, but they may even fall out of that conversation here as we move forward in the next couple weeks. The Platte is an interesting team. I said that before in the preview, and I want to keep following them to see how their results progress because they did play Blair close. Finally, a new team in the teams to watch category is Nebraska City. The Pioneers have started 3-0. and and if they continue to win games, they're going to force their way into the top 10. Similar to Ralston, Nebraska City strength of schedule just isn't quite there compared to some of the other top 10 teams. So there you have it. Our rankings are Lexington at 1, Scut at 2, Bennington at 3, Grand Island Northwest at 4, SCOTUS at 5, South Sioux City at 6, Waverly at 7, Elkhorn North at 8, Ralston at 9, and Blair at 10, with teams to watch including Beatrice, Mount Michael, The Platte, and Nebraska City. We're going to take a quick commercial break before we get into Class A girls and boys rankings. We will start with the Class A girls. As a reminder, this week's Nebraska Soccer Talk Top 10 rankings are brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. There are no changes to the top two of our Class A girls rankings. 
The Gretna girls are unbeaten at 3-0 and remain our number one. They have big margin of victory wins over Omaha Northwest and Omaha Bryan, but their notable victory comes over Class B number one, Scott Catholic. It's been the only real test that the Dragons have faced so far this year. Their next three games should provide a little bit stiffer competition than Northwest and Bryan because they'll see Millard North, Bellevue East, and Papillion. Staying at number two, the Lincoln East Spartans are unbeaten at 3-0 with big wins in all three of their games. The Spartans, much like the Dragons, have picked up right where they left off in the goal-scoring department. They have Lincoln Southeast, Norfolk, and Millard North this week. And getting through this week undefeated is the expectation for the Spartans if they're truly the number two team in the state. Moving up to number three after their big win on Saturday over Lincoln Southwest is Marion. Marion is undefeated at and 4-0, and they have yet to concede a goal all season. I was able to see Marion in person, and they are indeed a very solid team, as we talked about in the Game of the Week update. Uh, They have another huge matchup this week against Papillion La Vista South. Marion will have a hard time jumping East or Gretna, um, but they're going to be right there if a slip-up happens by either of those two teams. Moving down to number four after their loss to Marion on Saturday is Lincoln Southwest. I don't think the Silverhawks deserve to be punished too heavily, considering they only lost 1-0 to a very good Marion team. Lincoln Southwest does have a notable win over Millard West, as well as two additional big wins. They have an upcoming game against Lincoln Pius, which we will certainly keep our eye on. Um, the Silverhawks are a good team, though. Like Nothing changes off even after a 1-0 loss uh, to a team like Marion. Staying at five, uh, we have the Papillion La Vista South Titans. The Titans are unbeaten at 3-0, and uh, which is, seems to be a little bit more of a common theme. I, I will say the Class A girls rankings were probably the easiest ones for me to kind of navigate. Um, so the Titans are 3-0. and um, but they don't have any notable wins on their uh, for their for them just yet, which is why I feel like keeping them where they're at is fair. They haven't lost a game, they haven't won any big games, um, and and no one has really done enough to jump them. With that said, uh, they do have an excellent opportunity to put their stamp on these rankings and uh, make uh, some waves in the season. They have games versus Marion and Millard West this week. Just an excellent opportunity for the for the Titans. Also staying. Uh, in spot is uh, the number six, Millard West Wildcats. The Wildcats are three and one with their lone loss coming to number four, Lincoln Southwest, where they were competitive in that game, which is very fair for the Wildcats. Um, the Wildcats were pushed in their first game against uh, Bellevue East, um, but they have dispatched both Papillion and, and Omaha Central by multiple goals. Millard West do have a challenging schedule coming up with Elkhorn South, Papillion La Vista South, and Scut on the schedule this week. It's And I just don't know where to predict what the Wildcats record will be after this week. It could be 0-3. It really could be. Not, I don't think it will be. Um, it could also be 3-0, and which, again, I think that, that would be pretty incredible. Um, my prediction, it's going to be somewhere in between uh, one of those two. And I'll really go not on a limb there. Our biggest mover was uh, moving uh, two spots up is number seven, Elkhorn South. The Storm are 4-0 and have yet to concede a goal this season. In the first four games, the Storms don't have any notable wins, so they're they're kind of like um, uh, Papillion Lewis the South in that matter. But they have shown dominance in three of their four games, with their only close game being the 1-0 overtime victory over Bellevue West. The Storm will have a chance to add some notable wins to their resume, just like Papillion Lewis the South has that chance. Um, the Storm see the ranked Millard West team this week, um, and they also have solid teams in Westside Papillion uh, to, ken- to contend with this week. So it's a really good resume proving week for the Storm, right? They could beat Millard West, maybe jump them. Um, and Westside and Papillion are teams they have to beat if they want to be considered, you know, a top eight, top 10 team uh, in Class A girls soccer. Uh, moving one spot down 
to number eight is Millard North. The Mustangs are one and one with a big win over Omaha North. That's that's a game that they will always win and need to win. And a shutout loss to number three, Marion. Having been at the Millard North game, they surprised me in one instance. Um, despite them being a, tum- a young team um, and maybe less experienced, they had a ton of fight and toughness of an older team. Like they felt they 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 didn't just roll over to Marion even after they conceded that first goal. Um, with that being said, I said this earlier, they didn't create a ton of real attacking chances in their game against Marion. They do have Westside Lincoln East this week, uh, a solid team in Westside and a top team in Lincoln East that the Mustangs will have a chance to prove themselves against. Moving up one spot to number nine is Lincoln Southeast. The Knights are undefeated, but they certainly have not made it easy on themselves. Two overtime slash shootout wins against North Platte and Millard South and a big margin of victory win over Grand Island are how the, the Knights are here. Their next three games are against ranked Lincoln East, ranked Lincoln Pius, and team to watch Columbus. I have a question. Are the Knights going to keep being the cardiac kids of Class A girls soccer? I think this week will be a good indication of that. Finally, uh, moving into the rankings, and we kind of spoiler alert in the Lincoln Southeast uh, description, but uh, Lincoln Pius has moved up into the 10th spot. I think it's a big move for Lincoln Pius, considering they are the smallest Class A school in in soccer this year. Pius are 4-0 and own signature victories over previously ranked Kearney and Class B number 2 Norris. Their schedule gets a little bit tougher in the next five games where they play both Lincoln East and Lincoln Southeast. And they will have to prove that they belong in this top 10 spot, which I I think that they really want to do and are ready to do. The teams I have on the watch list are Columbus, North Platte, Kearney, and Papillion. Columbus have started this season really well. They are undefeated at 5-0 with a notable overtime victory over Columbus SCOTUS. What keeps them out of the top 10 for me is the performance of other teams, but also because Columbus has no notable victories over any class a teams. Um, obviously SCOTUS is a good team, but it's class B. And and I think that that's how I'm looking at it. Um, I don't know how the PowerPoints look at it. I should probably do more research on that. Um, but they could change in the coming weeks as uh, Columbus does have Carney and Lincoln Southeast on the schedule. Um, they also have a solid class B team Bennington um, to contend with as well. North Platte were close to the top 10 before their lopsided loss to Elkhorn South. So before that loss, I was like, Oh, maybe they can sneak in there. Um, they went to overtime with Lincoln Southeast and they beat Carney, Ralston and Aurora without conceding a goal. Still North Platte are faring a lot better than I thought they would be without their graduated stars from last season. Um, it's going to be hard for North Platte to move up in the rankings though, as they have mostly a class B schedule going forward with six of their next eight games being against B opponents. And I know part of that is being where they're located, but that, that's going to make it tough for them, uh, to move up in our rankings, at least Carney previously ranked in our top 10 has not had the start to this season I expected that they would or maybe that they would have wanted. The Bearcats are 2-3 and three with wins over Lincoln Northeast and Burke. I will give Kearney credit. They do have a tough strength of schedule for being a non-Metro team. They have an entire Class A schedule and are pushing themselves against some of the top teams out of the Lincoln area. I don't think Kearney is completely out of the picture yet. Finally, the last team on my watch list is Papillion. Papillion are 4-1, and one, but they haven't exactly challenged themselves in the opening five games as far as strength of schedule goes. Their lone loss is to rank Millard West. Uh, I'm not going to judge Papillion too hard on the opening of their schedule because the back half of their schedule is very, very difficult, starting with games this week against Gretna and Elkhorn South. So there you have it. Our Class A girls rankings are Gretna, Lincoln East, Marion, Lincoln Southwest, Papillion La Vista South at 5, Millard West at 6, Elkhorn South at 7, Millard North at 8, Lincoln Southeast at 9, and Lincoln Pius at 10. The teams to watch are Columbus, North Platte, Kearney, and Papillion. 
We are going to take a quick break before we head to the final top 10 rankings. The boys class A rankings were super difficult for me to navigate and plot out. And I'm sure they will be ready to change by the time some of you listen to this episode, even this week. Remember, the next rankings won't come out until April 10th. Stick around after this quick transition for the boys' rankings. All right, here we go. So Jack Hoover and I have been texting almost daily about the results of the Class A boys over the opening two weeks. Just when we thought we had it figured out, someone would win, someone would lose, and throw all sorts of things into flux. I remember lamenting to Jack that these teams are not making it easy. And his response was, yeah, but at least it's fun. And he is right. The start to the Class A boys season has been immensely and addictingly fun. I hope it continues, and I hope all these teams bring this energy and level of competition to districts and state. Omaha South is our number one team for now. The Packers are undefeated at 5-0. Elkhorn South provided them with an opening game scare, but after that, Omaha South has been mostly uh, cruising, scoring 27 and conceding two. The opening schedule for the Packers has been fairly light, and Coach Moss was quoted in the World Herald as saying it was hard to get teams to agree to play, which I can believe it's tough to, when you're the top team, it's tough to get other teams to play you. Their schedule gets tougher on the back half, and that test starts with our next team. Number two, Creighton Prep. Undefeated at 4-0, they've had slightly a more challenging opening schedule than Omaha, Omaha South, doing well to come from behind to beat highly ranked Class B Scut Catholic. This week's game versus Omaha South should be absolutely epic, and Prep's schedule also gets tougher with Millard South, Gretna, and Bryant all coming up soon. Falling one spot to number three is Lincoln Southwest. The Silverhawks lost to a talented Lincoln East team this week, throwing into serious doubt who the true kings of Lincoln are. Lincoln Southwest do have a big win over Grand Island, as well as a solid competitive win over ranked Millard West. Southwest doesn't have the most challenging schedule on the way out, but they will still have to test themselves against the likes of Lincoln Southeast, Scott Catholic, and Kearney. Here's where things really start to get interesting and the conversation might really kick into gear. Gretna at 4-1 move up one spot to the fourth spot, despite losing to Omaha Bryan. My biggest takeaway from the Gretna Bryan game is something I already shared with you. I think they're a talented front six. Um, you could argue that other teams have better depth than backline play, but I haven't seen a more dynamic front line or midfield in person in the games that I have been to. Gretna has good wins over Scott Catholic, Westside, and Millard West. And I think those wins and their solid performances in a losing and their their those good wins and their solid performance in a losing effort to Bryan is still good enough to keep them up high in the rankings. Gretna has Papio and Omaha Central this week. West side at three and one moved down one spot to the fifth spot. This is due to their head to head loss to the Gretna dragons. And that is it because they've had good results. Otherwise beating top ranked class B Lexington, as well as ranked class a opponents, Lincoln East and Millard South. Having seen the warriors play live, I can tell you it doesn't matter where we rank them now or in the future. They're going to be in the mix for Morrison and the state championship. That's their goal. And that's what they're going to keep driving to. Uh, they have two good tests this week in Bryan and Elkhorn South. Our biggest movers this week are 3-1 Lincoln East. They occupy our number six spot after being a team to watch last week. East's only and most notable win is over city rival Lincoln Southwest. But that is enough to move them up quite a bit in the rankings due to some other teams losing and such and beating each other. Their one loss is to Westside. Um, there will be some questions uh, with this high of ranking for Lincoln East, and I'll say this. Lincoln East could potentially be the sixth best team in the state. They could be even better. Um, they still have to get by Lincoln Southeast, Kearney, and Millard North, but if they can do that, they're going to head into districts as a one-loss team. 
which puts them up there as the sixth best team in the state. Our other biggest mover this week are undefeated 4-0 Papillion La Vista South. They occupy the seventh spot. Titans, I hear you and I see you. I, I don't. I think you were worried that I was going to miss you. I, I, I may have missed you in the preseason. I'm not missing you now. The Titans have had a couple signature wins. First, they went on the road and defeated top-ranked Class B Lexington. They then blew out Kearney before outscoring ranked Millard South 4-2 in an exciting match. The Titans have a reasonably challenging schedule ahead these next two weeks. They will see team to watch Millard North, uh, Omaha Benson, who was, who's on a two-game win streak of their own, and Scott Catholic. If the Titans can keep this momentum rolling, they could certainly continue a climb up the rankings. In the eighth spot, we have the Millard South Patriots. They are one of two teams in the top 10 with two losses. Millard South's two losses come at the hands of highly ranked Westside and very in form and now ranked Papio South. To be honest, at 2-2 two two going into Lincoln Southeast, I was ready to drop uh, Millard South from the rankings uh, for another team that's right on the outside that we're going to get to in a second. Um, they did run out 3-1 winners and remain in the top 10 for now. Uh, they have Elkhorn South and Creighton Prep coming up the next two weeks. In the ninth spot, we have Lincoln Southeast. The, Net, the Knights were undefeated heading into their game for, against Millard South and were poised to cement their spot in the top 10. After that loss, I would say their spot isn't as firm now. I still think they are a solid program and they will be in the mix to go to Morrison. They have a reasonably challenging schedule against ranked Lincoln East as well as games against Columbus, Lincoln High, and Pius. Those three teams are all going to feel like they can get a result against the Knights. And like that result is achievable for them and they're going to certainly bring their best. That's always the hard spot part about being ranked in the top 10 is you teams have a, have the, uh, you got a target on your back in the 10th and final spot. We have Millard West. Millard West are our other two lost team in the top 10. There may be some that say Millard West were ranked too high to start the season, but I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt with what they were returning and the difficult schedule they played last year and the difficult schedule they're going to play this year. Millard West has cleaned up on the teams that they should, but have lost to both Lincoln Southwest and Gretna. Uh, Millard West's difficult schedule does not stop the rest of the season. Their ending record may not be amazing, but they could be a team that uh, teams absolutely do not want to see in their district tournament matchups, regardless of where we have them ranked. All right, now moving on to teams to watch. For me, those teams are Bryan, Columbus, Elkhorn South, Millard North, and Kearney. I think the one team that stands out in this list is Bryan. They are probably the most hard-done team by these rankings. I know it. They have had a very good win over Gretna. I was there and a solid win over Class B SCOTUS. And had they not lost to Elkhorn South or played Omaha Northwest that close, they probably could have bumped one of the last three in the rankings out. That said, they are putting those three, Millard West, Lincoln Southeast, and Millard South on notice. If the Bears continue their good form and one or more of those three slip or any teams above them do, uh, they're going to definitely slide up into the rankings no problem. The Bears are a good team and they are – Definitely my 11th team right now, no questions. Now to the rest of the teams to watch. Columbus are undefeated, but their only notable win is over Class B SCOTUS. The Discoverers' next four games against Lincoln Southwest, Lincoln Southeast, Grand Island, and Lincoln East will be, provide a better picture of who they are as a program. Elkhorn South are 4-1 and one with their lone loss coming in overtime to number one Omaha South. They have a quality penalty kick win over Bryan. Elkhorn South are on a four-game win streak and see, and see ranked Millard South and Westside this week. Some good results, even like a one-and-one one split, um, could push the storm closer to the top 10. Millard North are one and two, but they are a team that have the talent to compete with a lot of the teams ranked ahead of them. I put the Mustangs in the grouping of teams that if you are a top team, you don't want to see them drawn into your district at the end of the season. Talented enough to cause problems, but just inconsistent enough to not be in the top 10. They have Papillion La Vista South, Omaha Northwest, and Lincoln East this week. Finally, we have Kearney. Kearney are two and two, and at 
and have a tough loss to Lincoln Pius that we covered in last week's podcast and a blowout loss to Papillion La Vista South on their record. The Bearcats have challenged themselves with their schedule this year. I do believe that they have the talent on their roster and the knowledge in the coaching staff to be relevant in the top 10 discussion this season. They have Lincoln Northeast and Lincoln North Star this week, and two wins should help them uh, get back the momentum they may, uh, and that'll keep them going. There you have it, our top 10 for the Class A boys. One, Omaha South. Two, Creighton Prep. Three, Lincoln Southwest. Four, Gretna. Five, Westside. Six, Lincoln East. Seven, Papillion La Vista South. Eight, Millard South. Nine, Lincoln Southeast. Ten, Millard West. Our teams to watch are Bryan, Columbus, Elkhorn South, Millard North, and Kearney. This week's Nebraska Soccer Talk Top 10 Rankings were brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. One of the most common injuries I see in young athletes is overuse injuries. This is brought on by a combination of poor training habits and poor training footwear. Fleet Feet Sports can help with the latter. There are locations in both Omaha and Lincoln. Check out their locally owned and operated stores in person or online at www.fleetfeet.com. Fleet Feet Sports has been a tremendous supporter of Nebraska Soccer Talk and our soccer community. We encourage all of our listeners to visit Fleet Feet for their footwear needs. I hope you all enjoyed the Nebraska Soccer Talk Top 10 Rankings. We're going to step away from the high school game really quick and talk about the roster additions to Union Omaha and Sporting Nebraska's UWS team, as well as GEA's UWS team. First, Union Omaha. The Owls announced four signings to their roster as we get closer and closer to the season getting underway. The four signing for the Owls were Gabriel Claudio, Joseph Brito, Alex Bruce, and Isaac Bawa. Claudio is a defender who has played soccer at highly ranked legendary junior college program Yavapai College and Division I program UNLV. Brito joins the Owls after completing his college collegiate career at University of North Carolina, Charlotte, where he was an all-conference player twice and helped the 49ers to four straight NCAA tournament appearances. It sounds like Brito could either play in the midfield or defense for the Owls. Bruce joins the Owls with three years of USL experience after spending time with USL Championship Club San Antonio FC and USL League One member North Texas SC. Bruce comes north to the Owls. Bruce is set to be another solid addition for the Owls attack. Finally, Bawa joins the Owls after spending two years with USL Championship Team LA Galaxy 2. Bawa was a standout in college as a two-time All-American for Azusa Pacific. Bawa is listed as a defender in the press release, but Coach Mims noted that he is a versatile player. In non-transfer news, but Owl news nonetheless, former Lexington High School and GEA standout Yaskar Galvin has been called up to represent the U-20 Guatemalan national team. Exciting news for Galvin and exciting news for all who have been following his journey, including us. My goal is to hopefully get him on the podcast someday. Exciting news for the Owls. Next week, they will compete at Morrison Stadium in the U.S. Open Cup versus the Des Moines Menace. I know we are in full high school mode, but if you have some free time, go support the Owls at Morrison. The U.S. Open Cup is a super cool event for lower league teams in the USA to be a part of. COVID has almost killed this but it is the closest thing American soccer has to the FA Cup over in England or to basketball's NCAA tournament. I hope it never goes away because it is a great opportunity for lower league teams and lower league players. Over to UWS news. Sporting Nebraska announced a couple more roster additions to their UWS team this week. Morgan McElnay and Hannah Heinert have been announced as roster additions. McElnay is a highly decorated defender for NAIA program Bellevue University. Heinert, a Marion graduate, plays for NCAA Division I program Oral Roberts University. We've heard about a large chunk of the Sporting Nebraska UWS roster, 
And now we get to start getting the unveiling of GEA's UWS roster. GEA has had an amateur women's team the last three years, while this is Sporting's first year. The first set of announcements is a few returners for GEA. Grace Ostergaard, Alyssa Keller, and Sophie Lamangi were all unveiled this past week. Ostergaard is a standout midfielder for NCAA Division I University of Nebraska-Omaha, and she has already made an impact for the Mavericks as a young player. Keller was a freshman letter winner last season at Iowa, where she appeared in 14 matches. Finally, Lamondre was a key sophomore defender for Division I UMKC. She started all 19 games for UMKC and played a team-high 1,700 minutes for the Ruse. Our two games of the week this week are pretty obvious choices. In Class A boys, we have number one Omaha South versus number two Creighton Prep. Under the lights, a matchup between number one and number two, both unbeaten. There should be a great crowd and good energy during this game. Our second game of the week is on Thursday. It is a Class A girls matchup between Papillion La Vista South and Millard West. We will have live coverage at both of these games. There's also potential that I will be making the trip to Lincoln this weekend to catch Lincoln East doubleheader on Saturday, but we'll keep a, we'll, we're going to put that down as a penciled in thing uh, right now. I know that there has been a pretty big focus on class A teams for the games of the week, but I promise that next week, the week of April 3rd through the April 10th, we're going to be become more of a class B focused uh, podcast and, and platform for a little bit. Um, so we can get some Class B games of the week in there uh, for our Class B boys and girls teams. Hope to see you all out there this week as the weather looks to be a little bit better than last. Thank you all for listening to Nebraska Soccer Talk. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Before I let you go, I want to highlight three things of note. First, there was one piece of recruiting news that we had this week, and while we didn't have a recruiting roundup segment, I wanted to make sure that it got covered. Andres Moreno, a goalkeeper and defender from Lincoln High and Dreamers FC, is committed to NJCAA program, Southeast Community College. Congratulations, Andres. Second, a lot of times coverage can tend to highlight the big schools and the top teams. So there are times I want to shout out when the smaller programs or the ones that don't always make a lot of noise or have a ton of success have a good run. The Omaha Benson Boys Soccer Program are currently on a two-game winning streak with wins over Papillion and Bellevue East. I have a spot for the Bunnies as I used to live a couple blocks from the school when I first moved to Omaha. It's fun to see these programs find success. If you have a smaller program that goes on a run or finds some success, let me know about it so I can shop them out here in segments like this. Third, again, I know we are in full high school mode, but I do want to note that our college teams are also in action in the spring in, for their kind of scrimmage games. Um, watch their social media for their schedules the next month and a half. Usually these games are free admission, and we'll give you a good look to see younger players, new players to the roster, like transfers or maybe uh, freshmen that are graduated early from high school and are going to come and play, or players that didn't get to play in the fall due to injury or roster depth. University of Nebraska Omaha women had a good result this spring with a recent 1-0 victory over Kansas. As a former college coach, you never read into spring results too much, but it is good to see that UNO had a solid showing against a Power 5 opponent like Kansas. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. If you can, consider supporting Nebraska Soccer Talk at www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk or www.venmo.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. As a reminder, when you donate via Venmo, please provide an email if you would like to receive early and exclusive Nebraska Soccer Talk content. Obviously, follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you back here next week for more Nebraska Soccer Talk.